All right, we're looking at the back of our book on victory over sin, page number nine, page number nine, and we're looking at uh, what is sin? What is sin? Sin is a blank of God's law. Violation of God's law, very good. Okay, and what verses could we have for that? Okay, 1 John 5, 17. Did anybody have a different one? 1 John 3, 4, good. Sin is anything that is not faith. Think about that. Sin is anything that is not faith. All right, what are the verses that we got for that? Romans 14, 23. And did anybody have a different verse? Proverbs 3, 5, very good. Where does sin come from? Letter A, sin comes from our heart. Okay, very good. And the passage of Scripture? Mark 7, 21 to 23. Sin is blank from Adam. Inherited. Very good. Who is that man down there on the third row? <laughs> Good job. Okay, inherited. You know, yeah, I could, we could talk about that, but we got to keep moving. All right, what verse for that one? Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. So that would be Adam. Okay, number three. What is the nature of sin? What is the nature of sin? Letter A, sin is deceitful yeah deceitful and uh we got a couple of different verses for that what did you have genesis 3 6 is one mm -hmm. hebrews 3 13 anybody else have anything different okay jeremiah 17 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked letter b sin is Powerful, powerful. And what are the verses for that one? Proverbs 5.22. Psalm 19.13. Yep. Okay. Letter C. Sin is destructive, right? And what verse for that one? Isaiah 1.28. And there's another one we could use as well. You don't have to have them both. John 10, 10. Very good. All right, number four. What should I do when I sin? Letter A, I should blank and confess my sin. Acknowledge. Very good. And we got a couple of different verses for that. Psalm 51, 3. Good. Psalm 32.5, okay, and we have one more, I think, at least. 1 John 1.9, you could also have. Letter B, I should blank my sins, forsake them, okay, very good. And the verses for that one, Isaiah 55.7, you can also have another one, different one, that's correct. 
Proverbs 28, 13. Very good. Number five, how can we have power over our sin? Letter A, by blank that God made it possible. Recognizing that God made it possible, right. And the verse for that? Romans 6, 11. Romans 6, 11. Letter B, by obtaining his grace to free us from sin's power. So God's grace is not just for saving. God's grace is needed so that we can have victory in our life every day. And what verse is for that one? Romans 5.20. 1 Peter 5.5. Let her see how can we have power over sin by using the Word of God as a powerful weapon, okay? And we have several verses. Hebrews 4.12 is one. Mm -hmm. Matthew 4, 3 to 11, okay? Psalm 119, 9 and 11. Very good. Number six, list three ways we can discipline ourselves so sin does not gain an advantage in our lives. This is, this is really helpful. Letter A, control our minds. And what verse do we do that with? Not Timothy, Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Avoid blank that lead to sin temptations very good and what verse with that one 13 14 good and letter c overcome blank with blank yep evil with good and what verse for that one romans 12 21 good thank you miss grace very good Thank you, everyone. That is the end of the quiz. So if you're new to the 5 o'clock hour, this was last week's teaching time. And so this week, so work on those memory verses. Try to get two of those verses memorized. So this week, we're doing Jesus Christ, lesson 5. And let's turn to the back of the book. Okay? The back of the book. Victory over sin, we'll leave that right here. Brother Duane, for you, thank you. Um, but you notice at the back of lesson five, there's a quiz, and you can work on that during the week. And you, again, it's, it's not really like school where you can, uh, you can look at the notes. Maybe you can do that in school too. But So you can work on that during the week, and then we review that at the beginning of each uh, five o'clock lesson. Okay, does anybody need a book? Does anybody need a book? Anybody not get a booklet? We have one for, for anyone that would like one. Okay? All right, let's open that up then and also have your Bible open. We're on page number two in the lesson for tonight on Jesus Christ. In the history of mankind, there has never been anyone such as Jesus. His coming birth was announced by angels. 
his arrival alarmed the king. You remember that? He said to the wise men, Herod said, when you, when you go, you know, let me know. When you, get, when, you, when you go see him, when you come back, let me know because, you know, I want to I wanna get in on it too, but he didn't want to get in on it the same way. So his arrival, just a reminder, we only want to have water in here, okay, with this brand new carpet. You know, I made that announcement this morning, and wouldn't you know it, I'm opening up the door, Miss Joy, Brother Joey, we're coming in, and what do I have in my hand? A can of Coke. I didn't step in, and I could hear this voice in the back of my head, don't take anything in that building but water. <laughs> Not quite like that. But I, I, I almost walked in. I'm like, wait a minute. I can't bring this in here. <laughs> I just said that this morning. So I left it outside. Went outside and drank it later. Anyway, so yeah, got to watch out. Got to watch out. Anyway, we just want to keep this carpet nice as long as possible. His coming birth was announced by angels. His arrival alarmed the king. As a child, he astonished religious scholars. And at his baptism, the Father affirmed his deity. To properly introduce you to Christianity, we must first introduce you to Jesus Christ. Christ is the central core of all that we believe. You might want to underline that. Christ is the central core of all that we believe. We need to personally understand and receive the foundational truth of who Jesus Christ is. I think it's pretty amazing that God allowed, it to, God allowed us to talk about this a little bit on Wednesday night at, at our, in our Bible study that we've been going through and equipping ourselves for being a witness, not really knowing that this was going to be the lesson for tonight, and this is a little bit more in detail. But I just think that's amazing how God does stuff like that. Let us think about the core question of life. And that core question is found in Matthew 22. What think ye of Christ? And honestly, that is, the, that is the, the big question for the whole world. Because the answer to that question determines our eternal destiny. If somebody says, well, yeah, he was, you know, he was a good man. He was, you know, whatever, whatever. Or if somebody says, well, I think he's the son of God. I think he's the way, the truth, and the life. So that's two different answers. But only one of them is right. So really what people think of Christ is going to determine where they will spend eternity. And so that would be you and me as well. This is why it's very important that we are able to, from God's word, not just from what we say and believe, but what is God's word? Teach us. Okay, let's get into this. Who is Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? Number one, Jesus Christ is God. He is God. Colossians 1.15, who is the image, who is the image of the invisible God? Okay, so we can't see God. But when we see Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. Okay? 
He is the visible revelation of God. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall, call his, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Take time this week to look up Isaiah 9, 6 and read that. We won't take time for it right now. But so Jesus is God. To prevent confusion about the Godhead, we need to understand that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all fully and equally God. Okay, so it's not like, it's not like a chain of power. God is the most powerful, Jesus is the second most powerful, and the Holy Spirit is the third most powerful. No, it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three equally, um, fully God. And they eternally exist in three distinct persons. Okay, and I just gave them to you, actually. Um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, but all of those equal God. So Jesus is the Son of God, but he is fully God as well. So he is, he is God. Number two, Jesus Christ is the creator. The creator. Genesis 1.26, and God said, let us make man in our own image. And let's take our Bible and turn, I know the verse is listed, Let's go ahead and open our Bibles up to John chapter 1. Remember, we mentioned this. I'll read this is a bit of review if you were out on Wednesday night. You can, you can take Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1, and you can, you can basically draw an imaginary line between the two. So if you go to Genesis 1-1 in your Bible, you could write yourself a note, turn to John 1-1. And you could go to John 1-1 and write a note, turn to Genesis 1-1. And uh, these two... Uh, verses of Scripture speak of Jesus Christ as the Creator. John 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Remember what Genesis 1, 1 said? In the beginning, God. So this is saying that the Word was also in the beginning with God. The Word is Jesus Christ. Because then it says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus Christ is the creator. Go down and look at John 1.14 as well. This, you, could, you could maybe write John 1.14 over, uh, if you look back, Jesus Christ is God. Jesus is the visible revelation of God. Maybe write John 1.14 in there. That would be a great extra verse to have. Because you notice it says, the Word was made flesh. Well, who do we know was made flesh? Who took on, who took on a, a human body? Jesus Christ. So this is speaking of Jesus Christ. He dwelt among us, and he was full of grace and truth. I'm not just skipping that on purpose, but the rest of the verse is there as well. So... Um, he is the creator. So John 1.14, you could add back on page number two of the notes. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. I think this is what you, were, you gave on, uh, did you give this one? Yasin, did you give that? Colossians 1, 16 and 17. 
the other night. All things were created by him and for him in our notes here. And he is before all things. So Jesus existed before creation. He didn't come into existence in, in Nazareth, okay, from Bethlehem. Not only is Jesus the creator, but he is our creator. He is our personal creator. Look at this statement. We owe him everything. Think of that. And like we learned this morning, though, God desires for uh, as much as we want, God desires to meet with us. He's waiting for us to open the door. He's waiting for us to open his word. He's waiting for us to open our, uh, uh, our open prayer and, and talk to him, but also let him talk to us. And this is our creator. And uh, wow, I mean, it's just, let that uh, maybe sink in a little bit. We're not talking about just some average individual that we should still love and want to help. This is the creator God who desires to know and desire not know, but desires for us to know him in a greater way, but wants to hear from us and wants to communicate with us as well. So he is the creator. He is God. Number three, he is eternal. He is eternal. The Holy Spirit speaks of the eternal existence of Christ. Hebrews 7.3. Let's go in our Bibles to that verse. Hebrews 7.3. Hebrews 7.3. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days. Neither beginning of days. So he has no beginning. Neither beginning of days nor end of life. Speaking about the Lord. But made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Jesus also verified his eternal existence in John 17, 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. The glory that I had with thee. How could, how could that be anything other than the fact that he is God? It can't be anything other. It also proves that he is eternal, eternal, existent one. The Apostle John also verified this truth. Let's go to 1 John 1, 1 John 1. Again, these booklets, I pray that they're, they're a, a nice resource for us to work on here at 5 o'clock, but... I pray that these booklets will also be a great resource for us uh, during the week, and maybe not even this week. It might be later on down the road, and you, remember, you may have a question that will come your way from someone, and you might remember, oh, we did a lesson on that 
And I've got that little booklet at home. So the idea is, obviously, I, I pray that you're saving these. It has nothing to do with what I have to say, but it has everything to do with the Bible verses that are listed in these that will not return void. Think about that. A lot of things I've said return void, <laughs> let me tell you. Probably you would have to say that about yourself as well. But when we give the Word of God, we have a promise that it will never come back void. It will always accomplish that for which it was given. We can't say that about anybody else's Word. But we can say that about God's Word. It will accomplish what God intended for it to accomplish. Accomplish. Okay, who would like to read 1 John 1.1? 1, 1? Okay, some, thank you. Someone read verse 2, please. Thank you, both of you. Thank you. So these two, these two verses are both talking about Jesus Christ. He was manifested. He was made known <clears throat> unto us. And notice it says there, of course, John is the writer, the Apostle John, not John the Baptist. Okay? The Apostle John wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1 John. 2 John, 3 John, and what's the fifth book that he wrote? Revelation. Okay, so this is John. This is John who was the only disciple at the cross. Remember when Jesus looked down? The only one there was John. And, of course, his mother was there, others. But John was pretty close, wouldn't you say? John was pretty close to the Lord, a very close relationship. And so think about that as he writes. Of course, this is the inspired word of God. This is not the word of John. This is how John wrote it. But I think part of the point of the Bible is also the person who, the human penman that God used to write it. I don't think we can overlook that. And it says there, which we have seen with our eyes. Think about it. John meant that. <laughs> he saw Christ. He saw the Son of God. It says that, uh, they, that he has looked upon. Our hands have handled in a literal way. You know, they broke bread together. They had the first Lord's Supper together. Uh, and on and on it goes. I mean, he, he was there with his head on his, on his uh, bosom. I don't know how you can't get much closer. So John is saying, and we, we need to think about that as we read this, and think, yes, John was there. He had a bird's eye view, as we might say. He was an eyewitness. He, he touched the word of life. That's referring to Christ. Verse number two, number one. 
And then he says his life was manifested, his life was made known, it was declared unto us, and we bear witness of that. So, uh, praise the Lord for the word of God. The response of the Jews in verse 15, okay, uh, let's see here. We're going well, to, no, let's go to that. Let's look that passage up as well. Also written by John, John 8. John 8, the gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 56. John 8, 56. Someone want to read that? Thank you. Verse 57. <laughs> Verse 58. Wow. And then 59. Thank you. Thank you. They didn't, they didn't take too kindly to the words of Christ before Abraham was. That's impossible. Yeah, humanly speaking, it was impossible because you're not that old. But it's not impossible based on the fact that Jesus Christ always was. He was with the Father at creation. So he's well before Abraham. He gave us eternal life. And yet the Jews in verse 59 uh, were not for it. They didn't recognize his claim of an eternal existence. But yet we see that over and over again in the Bible to be the case. So he is eternal. That's the point of this one. He is eternal. Number four, he is both fully God and fully man. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5. Uh, Colossians 2.9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So he is the man Christ Jesus in, in 1 Timothy, but he also has the fullness of the Godhead in him. So he is fully God and fully man. He would become fully God, because the, or become fully man, because this was the way to save us. The Bible speaks about him knowing about our infirmities or knowing what we've gone through. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So he, he traveled in a body like you. He traveled in a body like me. Uh, and yet, in, and of course, he was tempted time and time again, never, never yielding. So if, if you read the New Testament, if you read the Gospels, you're going to see that Jesus dealt with emotions, you know. Uh, he wept. Remember when Lazarus died? He wept, John eleven thirty five. 35, your favorite Bible memory verse. Um, he was hungry. 
He was weary. These are all characteristics that you and I deal with. And so he went through that. He, he was, uh, you know, even on the cross. John, this is your mom now. <laughs> mom, this is your son now, you know. So there was a, there was a weariness. There was a, the, uh, the humanity about him, even though he never laid aside his deity. He would, he would lay aside some of his, uh, I, I'm thinking the word abilities, but that's not the best word. The qualities that he had for, in other words, being anywhere at any time and, and all of that. Because he was walking in a human body, he wouldn't just disappear and, and you know, end up wherever. He did after he came back to life, as you er, came back, you know, he walked through the wall. And there he was on the disciples in the upper room. They were scared, right? Um, but he's both fully God and fully man. He knows our trials. He understands our heartache. Number five, Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. Revelation 19, 16. Someone want to read that? It's in the booklet there. Amen. Thank you. Let's turn to 1 Timothy 6.15. The Bible says, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. The best and only, blessed and only, the po a powerful one. No one like him. No one comparable to him, as the notes say. Not limited by anything. Created all, above all. And again, I think as we think about the awesomeness of our of our savior at the same time we're just we just got finished talking about him being fully man as well and being touched with all that we've been touched with and so i think it's pretty i don't think i'll ever understand it until i until i get to heaven the to the fullest degree of how that me just I mean, little old me, sinner, you know, the fact that there's a personal relationship with the blessed and only potentate, right? You know, if I rolled up to uh, wherever the prime minister lives, I don't know where he lives, I think they're renovating his house or something, anyway. And I say, I'm here to see the prime minister. They're going to say, yeah, what, who are you? I won't have any, I would have no audience with him. 
because Ben Turner, I mean, who are you? You're not, you weren't even born in Canada. Go out, you know, get out of here. <laughs> I'm just joking about that, but anyway. And yet, every day, multiple times a day, I have the opportunity to have an audience with God. Think of that. Every day that we walk out into His creation, we have an opportunity to see what His voice spoke into existence. And that it didn't just come from a big bang. It's not evolving over time. And so we're, like, we're looking at these awesome things, and we should. But also think about how amazing it is that we can have an audience with the one true God. Wow. And he knows about you. I mean, how many people have there been that have been born since Cain and Abel? I don't know. Tons. But I'd like to believe that God knows me personally. I think we're really missing, we're missing, a, missing out when we, when we fail to have that, and I don't do it enough, but when we fail to have that view of God that this isn't just about us all coming together. It is. The church is God's, praise the Lord, but even in that, we can kind of just get lumped into the church and, and just the whole group, which is good, but there's also this personal side of our Christianity that we, we have a connection with God personally, you know, not just as a group. And so that's just amazing. He created all, top of page five, he created all and is above all. He deserves our worship. I know some of the spacing on these, that might not be the top of page five for you, but we're looking at Jesus Christ as the king of kings. Let's look at Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Someone, whenever you find that, if you would like to read it, give it to us, please. Amen. Before it and by it, by him. Right? You can't get much more uh, complete than that. Okay, number six. Let's, we got to keep moving here. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he, Jesus, might have the preeminence. Preeminence means that he might have the top place. Nothing else is more important to us. Everything that we do should stem from our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It affects every part of us. We should recognize that Jesus has absolute authority over all the direction and work of the church. He is in charge. Our place is to earnestly strive to please him. Number next, why did Jesus, so who is, why did Jesus come to the earth? Number one, Jesus came to help us know the Father. 
Turn to John 17. Please, John 17, to help us know the Father. You see the verses there, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. He that hath seen me, verse 9, hath seen the Father. John 17, 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Jesus came to help us know the Father. Jesus came to reveal who God is. An illustration of this truth would be that no man can really see the sun. This is good. We see the brilliance of the sun, but not the sun itself. Okay? The sun pictures God the Father whom no one can see. The light of the sun pictures Jesus Christ who came to help us know the Father, came to help us know God. It's a neat illustration. So he came to help us know the Father. Number two, he came to seek and to save lost sinners. Someone like to read Mark 2.17, please. It's right there in the notebook. Good. You know what it's talking about there? I came not to call the righteous. You know, you know who that is? I'm not adding to the Bible, but I believe what that's talking about is he didn't come to call the self-righteous. He didn't come to call those who think they're, they're, they're fine, they're good. No, who did he come to call? Sinners. He came to call people that recognize, yeah, I'm a sinner. Because someone who doesn't think they need help, you can't help that person, can you? It's very hard to help someone who doesn't think they need help. And uh, we all need help. So Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. Luke 19.10, many of you may know this verse, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Number three, Jesus Christ came to demonstrate the greatest love. Wow. This might be the top reason. Not necessarily order of importance. 1 John 3, 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Jesus not only taught what love is, he also illustrated it. He demonstrated it with his life and his death. Number four, Jesus came to give me an eternal and abundant life. John 10.10, I am come that they might have life. I believe that's referring to eternal life and that they might have it more abundantly. I believe that's referring to our life now. There's no reason that a Christian should be walking around, looking at the ground 24 hours a day, kicking rocks, 
and, you know, poochy lip disease. Okay, you got to join Patch Club to learn about the poochy lip disease, okay? Really, there's no way. There, yeah, we all go through difficult times. We all go through trying times. But there's no reason that we should continually be down in the dumps. Jesus didn't come to save me, to give me an, a, a down in the dump life. You know what he gave me? An abundant life. It doesn't mean it's free of pain. It doesn't mean it's free of difficulty. It can still be an abundant life. Because it's not even my life. It's the life that Christ has given us. So that's why he came. So think about it. Let's not, I hate to say it like this, but it's the only thing that's coming to mind right now, but let's not waste why Jesus came. He didn't come just so that you and I could go to heaven. I'm glad we're going to heaven, but, you know, I'm not there yet. I mean, I am, I'm good as well there. I get that, I get that biblical principle that it is, a, it is a present possession, but, you know, I still might have 20 or 30 or 40 years down here. Who knows? So why not have an abundant life? And by the way, you can be flat on your back and have an abundant life. You can be going through the valley of the shadow of death and have an abundant life. You can be dealing with whatever, and it's still an abundant life. So it's not... <laughs> As some, I don't even want to give credence to the, to the book, but I just thought of a book title by somebody who I would never recommend you reading, so I'm not even going to give it. But uh, it's not that everything's just going to, we're going to have all the money we need, everything's going to be exactly what it's supposed to be. That's not an abundant life, necessarily, okay? But don't miss that. Don't miss that. Yes, eternity in heaven, it's forever, it's eternity. But let's live the abundant life now. That's why he came. Jesus came not only that we might be saved, but that we might live a life that is empowered by the indwelling of Jesus Christ. The result and promise of this indwelling is a spiritually fruitful life. Yes, there, there's the word, fruitful. What fruit do you have? There should be fruit in your life. There should be fruit in my life as a believer. Number uh, question, next question. How can I know Jesus better? Number one, by studying the Word of God. Search the Scriptures. See that? John 5, 39. Search the Scriptures. Why? Because Jesus said, they testify of me. See that at the end of the verse? The Word of God testifies about Jesus. So I just don't know anything. I don't know very much. How much do you read the Bible a week? Oh, about five minutes. Okay, well, you know what? That's part of the problem. <laughs> you're not going to know if you're investing five minutes a week in the Bible. Let's up that number. Let's put a zero beside the five to the right of it. Let's get 50 minutes in the Bible a week. Think about it. That's only seven minutes a day. That's not much. But the Bible testifies of him. Number two, by participating in the teaching and preaching of God's Word. So, praise the Lord, you're here right now. So, letter A, hearing. You're hearing the Word of God. Like the preacher said this morning, we just read the Bible and sat down. We, we would have heard from God. Because it's the Word of God that is, sharp, uh, that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So, praise the Lord. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We heard that 
today. Uh, we should put ourselves in a position where we can hear the word of God as much as possible. Letter B, receiving. So just because you're here and you're hearing it doesn't mean you're receiving it. Well, just after you got done patting yourself on the back, we have to stop patting ourselves on the back. And we have to ask ourselves, am I receiving it? All right, let's quickly go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Okay, verse 10. I've got to read this quickly. We've got about four minutes. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth the bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, I think, we, I think we talked about this verse earlier, be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, meaning without any fruit, without any benefit, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So, when we receive God's word with a humble spirit, our lives become more fruitful. So it's not just hearing it, it's saying, you know what, yes, I need that. And we receive it. Then, communicating it. Communicating it. All things, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So we don't want to just be a receiver we want to be a giver maybe that's a prayer request that we ought to make god help me to be a faithful receiver but help me god to grow up grow up a little bit and be a faithful giver so we're not just taking it in we're giving it out because then when we give it out we're going to we're going to take it in some more you know, if you, if you get blessed by a verse of Scripture in your Bible reading, I'm going to encourage you with something. Tell somebody. You don't have to come up here and stand behind the pulpit to be a communicator of the, of the, of the truth. If tomorrow morning or afternoon, whenever you read your Bible, you get something out of it, God says, you know, it's like you're reading it, and all of a sudden it's highlighted, but it's not really highlighted. It's lifted off the page, but it's not really lifted off the page. You know what I'm saying, right? Make a note of that. If you're married, I would encourage you to tell your spouse first, right? Uh, if you have children, tell your children if you have coworkers, tell a coworker. Tell someone. Don't just find that verse and, and, and wow, that is, wow. When God speaks to us, let's let, let's let somebody else know about it. We could talk about that until time to go home, but we better just finish this up. Number three, how do we know him better? Number three, okay, so number one, studying the word of God. Number two, participating in the teaching and preaching of the Lord God. But let's not, let's not miss number three. By serving him. Serving him. I think maybe 
Many Christians, one and two, got it, good, I got it. But how about serving him? How are you serving God? You'll have to answer that question. Hereby we do know him, we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Notice, and this is a great statement, we always learn more about someone when we work with him. Maybe you've had someone at work that you really didn't know very well, and then you started working with them for a week. Guess what? You get to know them real quick. Well, how about we work with God? We'll get to know them a lot better, a lot quicker when we work with God. And lastly, the one that we don't, the one that we probably wish wasn't in here, how do we get to know Christ better? By enduring difficult times. Ah, uh, it's true. It's true. Painful things or temptations, as the wording appears in these previous verses, happen to everyone. As a Christian, we now understand that hard times have a purpose. And I hope you know that. And I hope you're not just hearing that from me. I hope you truly believe that. These events can be recognized as God's tools to build us and help us grow in Christ. When we endure a trial and maintain our faith in the Lord, it will reveal that our faith is genuine. The testing of our faith leads us to a deeper relationship with and a greater trust in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. I hope that was a help to you tonight. Take some time this week to go back through and reread that, take the quiz, bring it back, bring your book back with you next Sunday night. And we've only got three lessons to go. Three lessons to go, and the series will be complete. And that next week, we get to talk about creation. How about that? Amen? In the beginning, God. And I'm sure there'll be a little bit more involved as well.